0: Well, Church family, Happy Easter! Happy Easter! Good morning and welcome to our 945 service on this just most glorious of Sundays. It's so good to be together in God's house. Welcome. Many of you I know are visiting with us. We're honored that you have come. Uh, We know many more are joining us online than those are here. We have people in other rooms here. It's just a mob of us who've come together today, which is a great thing. Uh, Friends, welcome, and uh, let us be in an attitude of worship.
1: Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, bought spices so that they might go out and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the door of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone was rolled back. It was very large and entering the tomb they saw a young man sitting on the right side dressed in a white robe and they were amazed and he said to them do not be amazed you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified he has risen he is not here see the place where they laid him but go Tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him as he told you.
2: Call the worship which is found in our bulletin. Christ is risen. Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Alleluia. Let us gladly bring our voices together as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which is found in your hymnal on page 881. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, I invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Gospel reading is John chapter 20, beginning with the first verse. Now on this first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. As Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, she stood to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Saying this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and said to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God.
0: And speak to God. At the YWCA uh, luncheon uh, recently, fundraising luncheon, the uh, keynote speaker was a guy, Dr. John Jackson. He told about a uh, wealthy older man who uh, found a young bride, married her. He was very jealous uh, by nature, so when he was on his deathbed, he pulled her close and said, promise me that you will bury me with my money. And she said, why? He said, I just can't, I can't bear the thought that after I'm gone, you'll meet some younger man and he'll be spending my money with you. Promise me. She said, "I I promise. So he died. And she came with a girlfriend who knew about the promise. Uh, They looked into the open casket. She reached into her purse and uh, laid an envelope in there. The friend said, girl, you're not keeping that promise, are you? She said, oh, yeah, I'm keeping that promise. I I wrote him a check. (laughs) Earlier, somebody walking out said, I didn't get that. Raises the question of what happens when we die, what do we take with us? (laughs) Or as Lisa and I heard the other night, uh, we had the great uh, blessing of uh, doing the Passover Seder at the home of Rabbi Michael Wolk and his wife Heidi and their two young daughters. I have to tell you, every time I do that, I want to convert and become Jewish. They have way more fun than Christians. And the climax of the evening, though, is always when the youngest child in the room rises and asks, why is this night special above all other nights? Why is this day special? Why is this week special? I mean, what's Easter about? Is it just, is Easter, well, when you die, you don't really die, you keep living forever? (laughs) Is it the way God honors a life that's well lived? We talk about it that way, obituaries read that way. People say, oh, if anybody deserves to go to heaven, it's Brother Bob. It's not about deserving to go to heaven. And then I think about uh, Tammy Faye Baker, who said, oh, I imagine that heaven will be like a shopping mall and I'll have a credit card with no limit. (laughs) I've thought about this. To me, if I had to spend eternity in a shopping mall, I would think I'd died and gone to hell. (laughs) So, uh, I'm about to start a little video series, that'll run through the summer, called Surprising Things I Learned in Seminary that you too would want to know. One of them is this. Like, I think I grew up thinking you had an immortal soul. When you died, your body died, your soul lived on forever. The Bible doesn't teach this. As it turns out, the Bible teaches the resurrection of the body, and it's even better than that. It's not just that God raises up our bodies. God's intent is to redeem all of creation. Like, we get it so small. We think God just wants to save people. God wants to redeem everything that God has made. God's always way bigger than whatever it is that we had Imagine God's so big that in these Easter stories, we have the embrace of doubt, we have the embrace of confusion. Nobody's shamed because they have doubt, because they have confusion. They didn't come that first Easter like we do, singing hymns, decorated with flowers. They came, they were sad, they were confused, they were lost, they were bewildered. Mary peeks into the tomb and and there's no body there, and she thinks well, he's been stolen, but then she notices there's a clue, right, that the, the burial clothes had been folded neatly. Not the kind of thing thieves do when they make off with a body, right? And then it begs the question, how did they come to be folded neatly? Did Jesus do that on his way out like his mother taught him to make his bed? I don't know. I've been pondering this all week. And then there's this thing. Uh, She looks in, and there are two angels, and one is at the head and one is at the foot. And and this commentator, David Ford, said that's like the cherubim on either side of the Holy of Holies in the Jerusalem temple. I've been pondering that all week. The Holy of Holies was an empty space, but they believe God was very present in that empty space. (laughs) Could it be that the empty tomb says that Although we don't see it, God is so very present and risen in our empty spaces, in the hollowness that you feel inside, in the not yetness of your life that frustrates you to no end, in the things that you do not yet know, the void you feel in your gut. How do we figure out who Jesus is? There's an article in the Wall Street Journal, front page this morning, about who Jesus is. I haven't had time to read it yet. Different views of Jesus. Uh, I just finished a great baseball book by a guy named Joe Posnanski. He ranks the top 100 baseball players ever. You know, like it was, was Jesus, you know, like the Babe Ruth of, of religious leaders, like, you know, the best ever? It was amazing. The, the baseball book, by the way, It's so cool because it has, uh, it tells a lot, he tells a lot in there about players from the Negro Leagues that you probably never heard of because they weren't on TV, they had barnstorming, didn't have stats like the white players did. For instance, he tells about a guy named Cool Papa Bell. Everybody said, he was so fast. They said, he was so fast, he did a line drive up the middle and it would hit him as he slid into second base. (laughs) He was so fast, he'd score from first on a sacrifice bunt. He was so fast. They had all these things about how fast that he was. I love that. They asked him late in life if he regretted being born so early that he didn't get to play in the major leagues, and he said, no, I was born right on time, (laughs) which I like. Uh, Buck Leonard, he was such a great hitter, they said this, trying to throw a fastball past him is like trying to sneak the sunrise past a rooster. You can't sneak a sunrise past the rooster. We got a sunrise today after abysmal weather for two days. And I thought about that. And I think what I want to say, the message of Easter is you, you, can't, you can't sneak a person past God. You can't sneak a person past God. I want to tell you about a conversation that uh, the clergy and a couple of my staff had on Monday. Sometimes we read a theological book and talk about it together. And we were talking about a book by this guy, David Ford, that I mentioned and we were looking at the passage in John chapter 14, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, when I was in college, I had a roommate, and if you said that to him, he'd say, absolutely. Jesus is the way. People that don't believe in him are toast. If you'd asked me at that time, what do you believe about that? I didn't know much. I would say, I don't know, I think all religions are really kind of the same. And both of those are a little lame, right? I mean, his is a little lame because, I mean, I don't know. Think about it. If you've got to believe in Jesus or you're toast, then the vast majority of the people that God ever created and loves and cherishes, they're toast, the big majority of them. But then my view is no better. All religions are the same. Some religions are harmful. Some versions of Christianity are harmful to people. What do we do with uh, such things? Uh, this week, this Holy Week—not just Easter, the whole week—we've been looking at what's peculiar about Christianity. What, what distinguishes us from other religions? And I think it's, it's a couple things that I want to talk about. One is. I mean, back at Christmas, what we said is that Jesus was born right on time, right? Jesus When Jesus was born, what we think about this, it seems crazy, I know, is that God didn't just remain remote and aloof in heaven, but God said, "I really want them to know me. I want them to know my heart. I'll become one of them." <laughs> and so God comes down, He's got flesh, he's got bones, he, he, he hurts, he gets hungry, he cries, he laughs, he sleeps falls down sometimes, works, does all of that. And I think if I were God, I wanted to have a strategy to reach people. pretty good strategy is I'll become a people because people like people. People know people. It's a way to reach out to people to be a good strategy. It's so important. It's not ideas about Jesus or buildings that are about Jesus or denominations that are about Jesus. What Jesus says is, if you, want to, if you want to know the heart of God, just watch me, just listen to me, see me. What we see in Jesus is, is the heart of God, the heart of the God everyone worships, loves, ignores, <laughs> is confused by. Jesus says, if you want to know the heart of God, here, Hear, and it's all mercy. It's all mercy, and we all, that's what you're so desperate for, every one of you. I don't care how, how well your life's gone, how hard your life has been. We all just crave mercy. The power of the universe has mercy. Uh, it's amazing reading about those greatest baseball players ever, how many of them had uh, cruel, hard, distant fathers. And They were sort of driven by that to try to make something of themselves. One is Roger Clemens. You know, Roger Clemens was a... Uh, great pitcher, but he pitched with this kind of maniacal rage and it, it pushed him so much he, he had to keep doing well. He finally, you know, did performance-enhancing drugs. And he said had this rage. One time, a reporter asked him, why do you play with such maniacal rage? I love his answer. He said, I don't know. He said, I'm, I'm somebody, I've got everything. I've got everything a man could want. He said, well, except a dad who'd show up in the stands and watch me play is interesting? God always shows up and watches you play. God always shows up and cheers for you. God always shows up and is on your side. The question we have to ask about Jesus being the way and Easter and so on is, can God bless those who don't know Him? Can God bless those who don't believe in Him? Can God bless those who don't ask for Him? I'd, I'd say I certainly hope so, and, and I even believe so, and, and the reason is… Uh, I can bless such people easily. My mother, uh, she died at 95. When she was 95, she said, I wish I died when I was 94. Her 95th year was terrible. She had grown totally blind and was so very confused and When I would go to see her, I would try to help her, and she just, she was just, she was angry, confused. She pushed back on every attempt at help. She didn't ask for it, she didn't want it. Was I a blessing to her? And the answer is yes. I sat in her room, and I paid her bills, and I pulled her covers up, and I rearranged her pillow, and I combed her hair, and I sang hymns to her. She didn't ask for it, didn't want it. more obvious example, when my children were infants, uh, oh, they were terrible creatures. Uh, they, they, <laughs> not their fault, really. They would always wake me up. It was always Saturday night, of course, since I worked Sunday morning. They'd wake me up Saturday night at like 3 a.m. And I'm like hauling them around. They're throwing up on me, just so much fun. And they, and you know, not once did they say, oh, Father, thank you for being such a kind, tender-hearted." Father, I'm so blessed to have you. I would, would not ask for any other fa- They just howled all the more, like they were mad at me or something. Like, if we can do that, can God not do that in the book that we were looking at this past week? Uh, David Ford thought about that verse where Jesus says, In my Father's house are many mansions, many rooms. Here's what he wrote about it. My Father's house might be unimaginably capacious. That's my word of the week. I haven't used it in years. Such a great word, capacious. My father's house might be unimaginably capacious. Even those most at home there might meet many surprises, especially other people they do not expect and also other dimensions of truth. I love that. It will be capacious because it's god's house it will be so large and so roomy and we'll be so surprised by who's there and how it will actually go i know what you think you think in heaven i'm going to meet up with somebody who was so wrong politically and you think they're going to walk up to you and say man you were so right and i was so wrong this is false what will happen in heaven is you'll both walk up and you'll say man we both whiffed on that one didn't we and we'll laugh and embrace each other. There'll be truth, there will be healing. I've told some of you before about a family funeral that I conducted. I walked in and I saw the son of the woman we were burying. On the front row, his arms were folded, his face was um, hard, pain of years etched on his face. He knew he'd had a very hard time with his mother all of his life. And I did think, not to trivialize things, but that uh, in my father's house, the way that'll go is that uh, his facial muscles will loosen and he'll begin for the first time to smile and he'll see his mother who never smiled and she will smile. and They will shed tears of joy and laugh and fall on each other's shoulders there'll be truth there'll be healing all kinds of surprising people that will be there god's house is capacious god is all mercy i uh, i'm about done i uh am thinking uh, this week i talked to a clergy colleague who said james you you better you better have a pretty good sermon ready to go sunday because a lot of people you will not see them for quite a while I don't. I hope that's not true, but it's a thing. I think here's what I want to say. It's not about does James have a good sermon. It's that I hope you. I hope you believe this. There's room for doubt and confusion, of course. But I hope that you can, with me, think about Jesus and his tenderness, and he touched the untouchables, and he was so wise and so patient and so good and so tender, and he didn't want to hurt anybody. He didn't want to condemn anybody. And, and I wish you would believe with me that, like, that, that is the heart of God. <laughs> And the God's house, it's not, like a little, it's not like a little tiny trailer, not much room in there. Oh, God's house is capacious. You know, you put a massive cathedral in the shade. God's house is so capacious. There'll be so many surprises there. I'll be eager for those surprises. And, and I hope you believe that and, and you hear me. The, the real fun, we do Easter. This is amazing. Like, who in Christendom does Easter better than Myers-Park Methodist Church? But what we really do that's way cooler is what we do the whole rest of the year between the Sundays. We try to make a difference in the world, and a lot of people see it, and they're blessed by it. Some haven't even asked for it. (laughs) We try to be the kind of church where people look, and and they've given up on God. They're not sure there's a God. But they they see us, though, and they think, maybe. That's what I hope for. They'll see us and they'll think, maybe there's a God. Maybe there's this, a God in the stands watching me. Maybe there's a God next to me, behind me, with me. So much fun. We have so much work to do together. Easter. Uh, friends, um, just happy, happy Easter. Thank you for being here on this glorious day. In the same way that God is with us every day, always always. Amen.
3: Friends, let's go to God in prayer together. Loving and gracious God, the morning has come. The tomb is empty. Christ is risen. You are with us. Yes, in this life, there will still be pain, disappointments, even betrayals in our world and in our lives, but your light will always break through, no matter what happens. Your presence moves deeper and wider than what our minds and our hearts can possibly see, hear, feel, or comprehend. You are right. You are right nothing can separate us from you, not even death. May we always remember this truth, this hope, hope that is here. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Spirit of the living God, Easter brings the good news that although things seems at times to get worse in the world, the evil one has already been defeated. Easter allows us to affirm that ALTHOUGH AT TIMES OUR GOD SEEMS VERY DISTANT, ALTHOUGH WE REMAIN SO PREOCCUPIED WITH SO MANY LITTLE THINGS, YOU WALK WITH US ON THE ROAD, AND WHEN WE astray, YOU BRING US BACK TOWARD YOU. FORGIVE US FOR OUR WANDERING WAYS, FOR NEGLECTING YOUR TRUTH, AND FOR FORGETTING YOUR GRACE. LORD, IN YOUR MERCY, HEAR OUR PRAYER. MAY WE LIVE OUR LIVES EACH AND EVERY DAY in the light of Easter, may our words, our deeds, our hearts only be made comprehensible to the world in light of your resurrection. Lead us and guide us always so that we can share this good news of Easter with your children searching for light in the midst of their darkness. And grant us courage and give us patience to seek, to wait, to witness. TO HEAL AND TO LOVE, ALL IN YOUR NAME, LORD, IN YOUR MERCY. HEAR OUR PRAYER. AND NOW TRUSTING IN YOUR EVERLASTING GOODNESS, WE ARE ABLE TO PRAY WITH CONFIDENCE THE PRAYER THAT YOU TAUGHT YOUR DISCIPLES TO PRAY AS WE PRAY IN ONE VOICE, OUR FATHER WHO ARE IN HEAVEN, HALLOWED BE THY NAME, THY KINGDOM COME, THY WILL BE DONE ON EARTH AS IT IS IN HEAVEN. It is through God's continuous goodness that we are able to do all that which we do in the ministry of our church, God's church. It is through your intentional generosity that we are able to reach out into the world. As the ushers come forward, uh, we want to remind you that our Easter offering will be given to our ministry partners, Habitat for Humanity and Faith Ministry. For this, we give thanks. Let us receive our morning tides and thanksgiving. Loving and gracious God, all good things come from you. You are a provider of all good things in our lives. We offer a portion of your gifts so that these gifts will be used to show your good news, to give good news to all your people in search of light. Thanks be to God. Amen.
0: Now may the grace of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us both now and forevermore.